The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So, how was your practice this week? We invited you to you know, continue to sit every day, right? Um, let's see, there was an invitation to spend a couple hours with your body, being aware of your body as you were engaging. Um, what else were you invited to do? Anybody remember the homework assignments? Mindful eating. Have a meal mindfully. Great. So I'm jogging your memory, and then I'll also sort of um, summarize a few of the key things that we focused on last week in the class. At least they were key to me. And one was um, that sensations are the language of the body, and feeling them is the way that the body is heard. Right, so tuning into them, and and doing it in a um, ideally trying to meet those sensations without a lot of mental interpretation, protection, um, projections, uh, but more like in the raw data kind of way of listening. And uh, we talked about how the body is a gateway to the present moment that when we connect with the body in the present moment and the sensations and the breath, these things are only happening right here, right, in this moment. So it's a nice way for us to help bring our awareness into the present moment. Yeah. We also talked about um, pain, and the conditions, Kodo talked about the conditions of that create pain or like the conditions that create the formations of different clouds, right? So different conditions come together, and like clouds, they also sh- keep shifting and changing. And the pain sensations, can we be with them in a way that is tracking and noticing the change, the changing nature of the experience instead of as a fixed unmoving thing. So, with those prompts, I'm wondering if anybody has any reflections, questions, anything they'd like to share from their practice this week? And there's a, Sveta has a microphone, so if you can speak into it, that would be very helpful for everyone's sake. Maybe Richard will come get the microphone and help hand it around, assuming we have somebody willing to to share. And hold it close to your mask. Thanks. Um, so I have... Um, more of a question which may be helpful as a kind of bridging point between this last uh, meeting and today's, but how can you stay present and aware and not get involved with um, 
I guess, like mental narratives with um, bodily sensations that are closely also tied up in emotions. So say like, I don't know, like kind of difficulty breathing or tightness, like, well, the solar plexus, like in my experience, at least when I tried to like be with it, it like launches me right into the like emotional part of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, as you remember that experience, how can you describe the physical sensations that you experienced? Are there words that you have? Um, so I guess just like um, tightness or constraint, I kind of like, mm-hmm. like clearly like impeded breathing activity. Um, tightness, con- constriction, and I didn't get that other word. I guess like um, an impeded like breathing, uh, if that makes sense. What's the word? Impeded. Impeded, impeded, yeah, Yeah. impeded, great, okay, yeah. So that's all descriptive language. Um, So meaning it's pointing to an experience of feeling. The one that's maybe a little bit more mentally complicated is impeded, right? Um, pressure, pressure. Can you notice the pressure and be with it or and notice if it changes with the inhale and exhale? You able to do that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, and then, so you're able to say all these things, but you find that the mind then wants to go into the emotional content. And uh, maybe s- explain why you're feeling this way, or yeah, yeah, yeah. And you clearly saw that was happening, and then you would bring yourself back to the sensations. I definitely tried, um, but yeah. I found myself kind of flowing right into the kind of like. I don't. There's no like better word for it than just like ah sensation of like. This does not feel good. This does not feel right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, this is where then the you did the Vedana, like naming unpleasant. So having some of these key simple words um, to rely on can be really helpful. Unpleasant. This is unpleasant, right? There's neutral, unpleasant, and pleasant. So this is great. And then what else happened? Um, I found myself like sticking with the kind of like emotional feeling of it. Like, you kind of, you, you got to get closer. I can't hear you. Yeah, sorry. Um, I found myself like kind of leaning into the emotional experience instead of the the bodily one, which mm-hmm. is where I felt like I was like getting off track. Great, but you you le- you can you just described it beautifully. I found myself leaning into the emotional experience. Right, it's more compelling. Right, yeah. So it sounds like, you know, you were practicing with difficult emotions, trying to bring awareness back to the body and describing what it feels like to have the, the, you know, the experience of difficult emotions, which are quite powerful, right? They can be quite powerful. And it is a beautiful lead-in to today's topic. Yeah, and so I'll save... 
you know, saying more about working with the emotions themselves, but I really do want to highlight all the things that you were able to describe, right? And this is this is the practice we're cultivating, you know, and it's beautiful. You clearly were trying to, okay, I know, but let me try and stay with the body. That's what I'm trying to do this week, which is building this capacity. So that's going back to the sort of the way the class is structured is it really does build one week concentric circles starting with that breath awareness and then we add to that the body-based sensations and this week we're going to add to that the emotions and then you'll find pretty quickly we're going to what's next they're going to show up there too those thoughts those little buggers yeah so um, just you know, doing our best to try and help ourselves notice, just even noticing how entangled and difficult it is to resist is beautiful. Yeah, do you want to add anything, Koto? I don't think quite yet. I think, uh, I think that was the perfect segue into week number three. Yeah. So thank you. Why don't you go ahead and, and shift? Sure, sure. Yeah, so welcome back, everyone. As Tanya was just saying, uh, the way the class is structured, beginning with the breathing, including the body, with the basis of the breathing in the body, awareness of emotions. With the basis of awareness of breathing, body, and emotions, then we develop our skills with thinking and then open even more broadly. And the arc here... What we're doing is we're, we're cultivating this very simple faculty of attention. Cultivating this very simple faculty of attention in order to be more free with all aspects of our experience. Nothing left out. So we develop our facility in a simple place first with the body right in the, or with the breathing right in the core, and then we work our way. But throughout, something we're practicing is maintaining a simple relationship to experience. So to go back to the breathing, the practice with the breathing has been to direct the attention to the sensations of breathing, the felt sense of breathing through the body, experiencing the the breathing almost from the inside out. And by basing ourselves there, basing ourselves in that felt sense, we have a more simple relationship to the experience. It can easily become complicated by drawing out a story in the past or the future about the breathing. But just here, just the felt sense of breathing. So simple, so simple. So we're using our attention to go more deeply into our own experience and to discover something about how attention can be free. something we cultivated while working with the breathing and the body was um, based on a a recognition. Many of us have seen over these weeks, probably, the mind keeps generating thoughts, keeps generating emotions through the body. So we're developing a skill knowing that of uh, foreground attention and background attention. If we're meditating on the breathing, keeping those sensations of the breathing in the foreground 
And if a thought comes up, it can just pass right through. It doesn't have to take all of our attention, but it doesn't have to interfere either. So sustaining contact with the breathing body in this way, just more and more of our experience gets revealed. We notice details of the breathing, notice details of the body. They shift, they change, and then something else arises. So the practice has been to focus on the breathing, and then when, it, when something else uh, becomes compelling, when something else in experience becomes compelling, maybe a strong thought. So far we've been focusing on if a body sensation becomes compelling, and compelling enough to interfere, so to speak, to draw our attention away from the breathing, compelling enough to draw our attention, then the practice is to turn more fully toward that and get to know that sensation. And once that, uh, once that has run its course, to come back to the breathing. I'm reiterating all this in part because this is the basis for what we're about to expand into, which is practice with emotion. I'd like to say, by way of preface, um, practicing with mindfulness of the body can facilitate a very long awakening of the body. It can, be a, it can be a sustained process. I think it's really fruitful to spend a lot of time with mindfulness of the body to develop that, develop that skill. And we'll see why as we turn to mindfulness of emotions. One of the things we come to learn about, about through mindfulness of the body is how the body is big enough, metaphorically, it's a big enough container to hold pleasant and unpleasant. It's big enough for anything to pass through, whatever the experience. So let's turn more directly toward emotions. First thing I'd like to say about mindfulness of emotions, or emotions in general, very important part of our human life. I actually like to say that it's... it's um, this mindfulness of emotions practice is one of the most explicit invitations we have to bring our entire humanity into the mindfulness practice. There, welcome. There is, for purposes of the practice, there's no inappropriate emotion. If any emotion arises during mindfulness practice, nothing inappropriate. It could be anything. It may be uncomfortable. In, uh, in fact, the chances are pretty high that we'll, we will run into some discomfort as we practice with emotions. Um, but everyone's welcome. Everyone's welcome. Practicing mindfulness of emotions, I think it's also one of these areas where we really get to know how the practice takes time. For an emo- emotion to arise, and to process through the body is a process that takes time and it's a process that works really well if we have trust. Trust that the body can, can hold the emotion and trust that the emotion will work its way through. One of the most important principles with mindfulness of emotion is that our emotions we recognize and experience through the body. 
That's why mindful, uh, one of the key reasons that we develop a skill in mindfulness of the body before we move on to mindfulness of emotions. You can even pause now and just uh, think for yourself. When I'm happy, how does it register in my body? How do I know? Maybe there's a little lift or lift to the posture. Maybe a little smile comes to your face. Maybe there's some bright, metaphorically, some bright energy in the body. How do you know sadness? Through the body, how do you know it? How do we know anger or fear or appreciation, gratitude through the body, the felt sense of the body? It's very easy for the, the energy of an emotion, as we were just talking about, to draw us into story. Fascinating how that happens. It's like, the, it's like emotions have their own gravity, their own orbit. They're just like, whoosh, we're gone. Something that's very interesting to me in terms of mindfulness practice is that a story can strengthen the sensation of emotion in the body. And the sensation in the body could also, like, if it's not observed, given its time, given its space, can also reinforce the story. And it sort of loops. It can kind of loop. But with the practice of mindfulness... Again, the story can be there, but we parse the commentary from the felt sense of the body. Bring our awareness down into the body and watch. How does it play out? How does it play out? What do we notice? And give it its time. So in terms of the capacity of the body, I want to mention... um, I grew up near a very broad river, the Brazos River Valley. It runs um, sort of diagonal across Texas. It's one of these really, really wide rivers. You can imagine these river banks with um, shrubs and trees and this like flat, flat, still water. At the end of the river, there are 3,000 meters a second going out into the ocean. There's a lot of movement happening. Here I imagine the body as like the riverbed. So much passes through this river. So much passes through. Whether the water is moving quickly, whether the water is moving slowly, the riverbed just holds it and allows it to pass through. Same with the body and emotions. If the body is like the riverbed and the emotions like the water, Sometimes they flow through quickly. Sometimes they flow through slowly. But all the while the body, the body holds it all. Great timing. I I have a, um, I have a, I'm a type 1 diabetic and I have a little beep. So I'm actually going to pay attention to my body and care for this. It'll take me about 30 seconds. Richard, it might be a little cool. 
So one of the things I'd like to call forward with the, this image of the river, this image of the riverbed and the holding of water as it passes through, is that change is part of the process and change is totally fine. Sometimes, sometimes these uh, big thunderstorms would roll through and fill the, fill the river with um, a rush of water and sticks and you can imagine waves and whatnot. And water might be cloudy and rough. But still the riverbed was right there. Other times we wouldn't have rain for months and this riverbed would be so still, so still. Any variety of emotion can pass right through the body. One thing I also want to draw out from this, from this image of the river is we also want to take care with ourselves not to be in overwhelm when we're practicing with mindfulness of emotions. You can imagine, say there's too much flow or there's a flood in the river that can actually like harm the banks or we start eroding from the edges. So taking care with yourself. Taking care with yourself. I think one more idea about mindfulness, mindfulness of emotions is that in terms of, in terms of mindfulness, we're not condemning and we're not condoning any emotion at all. This is part of, part of the fact that uh, whatever object arises, it can, it can be met with a clear attention in such a way that our mindfulness is strengthened, even if it's uncomfortable. So all this pointing toward a simple relationship with emotions as they arise. So there's a story, classic, classic story of the Buddha. He's with an assembly. Many of you have probably heard this story before. He says, uh, it was a pop quiz for the assembly. And he says, monks, uh, suppose someone were struck with a dart, would that hurt? If someone were struck with an arrow, would that hurt? And the monks were sharp, and they said, oh, yes, that would hurt. Good. Now, if someone were struck with a second arrow, would that hurt all the more? Yeah, the, yes, yes, it would. Good, good, he says, you're right. The first arrow is the discomfort, the pain, the suffering that is part of this human life a function of having a human body. And in the second arrow, the third arrow, the fourth arrow, are the complicated relationships we stack on top. Generalizing, as far as emotions are concerned, being with them simply, they run their course, they've come and they've gone. So much of how we suffer in relationship to emotion is how we complicate it what we add, the, uh, the stories of, say, self-judgment or criticism or doubt or uh, they shouldn't have or I shouldn't have or on and on, right? We all have our own variety. Uh, Gil has a hilarious, I think, anecdote of uh, walking along and stubbing his toe. First arrow, pain of having a human body. Then, then he adds, Gil, who's been teaching for 35 years, Gil, you're a, you're a mindfulness teacher. You're a Buddhist teacher. You should really be paying attention. Second arrow. Second arrow. A little self-judgment. 
And then it gets worse. Gil, you are the worst walker. This self-criticism intensifies. Third arrow, more complication. And we could go on and on from there. It could, it could go, they really should not have put that sidewalk there. That curb really, really shouldn't be there. That is totally their fault. Fourth arrow. And on it goes, right? Fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and so on. At some point we wake up and we realize, oh, a hundred arrows. While we're emphasizing a simple relationship, just that moment of waking up, you're you're right back here. You're right back here. It doesn't doesn't matter for the purposes of mindfulness practice if you wake up at arrow 99. Just that you're right back here. So we will stub our toes, I imagine, or hurt our fingers. Or we will have an emotional life. And the encouragement here is to investigate for yourself what are the ways what are the ways in which i can have a simple relationship with the emotions that are that are coming here what are the ways that that happens and then what are the ways that i complicate it what are the ways that i magnify or multiply the suffering i think it's a good time for us to move a little deeper into this in a guided meditation so why don't we find ourselves in a upright, alert, balanced posture. We're looking for a posture that can express our attentiveness. Awake yet relaxed. And before we move into the meditation very far, the invitation, this exercise, is to feel into whether there's any mood present, any emotion present for you now. Most always there's something there, so maybe give it a moment if it's not obvious. Some kind of state. What's there? So from here, the invitation is to begin directing our attention to the breathing. It may help us settle in to take a few long, slow, deep breaths at your own pace.
and then letting the breathing return to its natural rhythm. Awakening this felt sense through the body. Relaxing any places of obvious holding. A gentle relaxation maybe of the face, the eyes themselves. mouth and jaw. Maybe the back of the head. Shoulders. Down the back. Inviting the front body to relax. The arms and hands. The hips seat, legs, and the feet. And now sensing into the breathing. taking just a little bit of priority to notice any shift in your relationship to the breathing from simple to complicated. And noting that, returning to simplicity
Now I would like to invite you to let go of the priority of breathing, of attention to breathing, and turn your attention to the prevailing mood or any emotion, state. Sensing into that emotion through the body. Where do you feel it? And how? In the language of sensation, the felt sense. as you attend to the emotion through the body. How are those sensations shifting, changing, seeming to stay the same? If the emotion disappears, just notice what happens next.
Now, having given some attention to the emotions, I invite you to bring your attention back to the breathing. And as this sitting comes to an end, just to take a few deep breaths, long breaths. Welcoming yourself. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. Introduction to Mindfulness of Emotions. How was that for you? Anything you'd like to share about the meditation? Any questions about what we're practicing with so far? Yes. I was wondering if um, 
It matters if our attention naturally wanders between breathing, emotions, and sometimes thoughts and awareness of the body, or is the goal to ultimately also in meditation practice to intentionally draw our attention to one or the other? Sure, sure. Great question. Sort of naturally comes up, doesn't it? Um, yeah, there's the, there are these separate mo- or different but interrelated modes of attention, directed attention and sort of receptive attention. And sometimes, sometimes our instructions are to look at something particular and stay with it. And at other times it's to be sort of wide open. Over the course of the, the, the five weeks together, just speaking for this particular kind of meditation, we're gradually, gradually moving to include more and more in the experience. And that would mean... In the, in the way that you stated it, the mind or the attention will move between breathing, the body, emotions, and thinking. The question that remains is, are we with it? Are, are we a companion with the attention as it moves from thing to thing? And we'll, we'll talk more about that as we, as we go. There's no, um, there's no ultimate right answer to your question, actually. It, uh, to my mind, if we're doing a sort of a mindfulness meditation with these kind of parameters, a lot of movement of attention can happen. If we're doing something that, that emphasizes more samadhi or concentration practice, we may direct the attention more deliberately to one thing. So in some sense, it depends on the practice you do. But in this arc, we're including more and more and along the way, it can be really useful to direct the attention to just certain zones in the way that we're directing toward the body, we're directing toward emotion, directing toward thinking. Does that, does that address? Yeah, thank you. Sure, sure. Or if there are no... Pred- oh, there we go. In the transition, I was also going to say, if there are no particular questions, but there's something you'd like to share from your sitting, I'd be very curious to know how it went for you. Um, so I identified the emotion and I sat with it. And I started to feel just like tightness, heaviness in my chest, right side, which not quite the heart. So, And that was interesting. And so I just paid attention and try to breathe through it and eventually that sort of lifted but then it just kind of hovered over my forefront and that's how it ended so nothing mm. exciting just something I noticed I appreciate the tracking very nice yeah yeah that was my observation too yeah
Uh, hey, everyone. Hi. Thank you. Uh, I just had a question about um, what happens when you see, like, a ball of, like, energy. Like, I saw, like, a white, and then it just started changing colors. I saw, like, green and purple. Does that, does that mean, like, low pressure or something? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> does, it, does it mean? Like, low, low blood pressure or something? I don't, I don't know. Oh, I was, like, question. when we were meditating, uh, and I started, like, to relax more, I started seeing, like, a, just, like, a white thing, and then it started, like, having colors around it. Oh, I don't know. What, I don't know what that means. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, blood pressure. Yeah, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's interesting to me here, um, as far as what it means, we don't know. We don't know what it means. Um, what is what's really interesting in terms of the mindfulness practice is that you had a very clear observation of it. Yeah. And how it changed over time. Yeah. And then the, that, that's very direct. The sense of sight is very direct, even behind closed eyes, in a very clear sense of what was happening. And then there's this extra layer that's maybe a little bit removed. That's like the, what, did that, what does it mean? Which is even maybe separate from the impulse that is like curious. Right. There's like observation, curiosity, and then what does it mean up here, maybe. So yeah. I think the invitation would be to let the, what does it mean? Hang out if it wants to be here in the background and focus on the, the direct sensate experience. Gotcha. Thank okay. you. Anything you'd like to add? No, that was beautiful. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. You guys want a little story? I feel like, you know, we're, we're calm, but emotions are not always so calm, right? I was um, watching uh, 13 Lives. Has anybody seen that? Yeah. Remember the soccer team in Thailand, the, the 13 boys and the coach that got stuck in the cave? So it's a really nice document. It's a movie, but it's very much based on the, the story, the facts. And um, they don't show a lot of the boys in the cave. They show some of them. And the boys with the coach at the very, like, I don't know, it was like two kilometers, three kilometers into the cave, right? There are many crazy passages, and these other areas the cave will open and tight, and there's all these stagdolites dropping down, so these sharp cones of rock coming from the ceiling, and most of this is just completely filled with water. It's just a monsoon rain that, that got them stuck. And um, so the kids, it was one of the kids' birthday that day. They had practice, they had played soccer, and they were all like, well, let's go to the cave before we go have your birthday dinner. And, he, and so they're in this cave, and, and they get stuck. And it's a total of 18 days in there. And at some point, uh, and it was probably quite a while before they even got them any food. They they were just in there, and you know, like in their shorts and t-shirts. And um, they showed this moment because uh, the some divers finally made it all the way. And you know, the kids turn on their flashlights when they hear the sound to see because they had some flashlights, a couple of flashlights, and. They keep them off mostly for the battery, but you know they they see those divers come in and um, and then the the divers have to leave and they're like, oh my gosh, really? We have to stay? You know they can't take them back. 
right? And so then they're kind of trying to get settled again, and and one of the kids um, starts to kind of be activated, be afraid, and um, sort of he's having trouble sitting still because they're all kind of like you know, there's not not a lot of space. They're just kind of hanging out in this little spot. So the coach, he, what a sweet coach this guy was apparently but he he went over to the kid and he said okay so fear is here Hmm. fears come in fears come into the body that's what's what's happening here so okay everybody let's sit down and calm our minds let's calm our minds and this this must have been that they did this. I mean, and that's what they talked about is he taught them how to meditate to make it through this time. And I, I think, you know, fear is like lightning, right? It, it's so intense. And if you can imagine it in a small space with water and a little cave, fear coming into that, how it would just spread, right? Just just ignite, just just fill you up. And this is the practice. What it guides us and helps us is building the awareness, is building our capacity to be mindful with emotions, helps us sit down and be with it in a way that it doesn't just blow up. Right? Another analogy is it's like um, if you think about lightning, it's conducted by water and things. Fear is conducted in our systems if we aren't mindful. And if you, uh, there was a recent story of three women um, being hit by lightning near the White House under a tree in a rainstorm. One of them had on these Doc Martin high-platform Doc Martin shoes, and she survived. And um, it's not that she wasn't affected by the lightning, but the Doc Martin, the rubber, doesn't conduct the lightning in the same way. And to me, this is a simile for what awareness, being mindful, can do with emotions. And emotions can't kill us, but they can make us very miserable, and emotions without a lot of Doc Martin <laughs> awareness um, can really move and undulate and impact us, and kind of we can get in circles, caught in circles with our thinking and the fe- even the feedback loops of just the emotion itself. Each emotion, if you measure it biochemically, lasts about sixty to ninety seconds. That's how long the biochemical makeup of a particular emotion lasts when they study it in the brain. But what, what, why then does it feel like we have a feeling or an emotion for hours or weeks? We keep reigniting it. We keep feeding it. So this is, uh, I'm trying to bring a little life into, like connect us to this facet of our life that is so impactful emotions 
invite other comments, questions, reflections before we move into the next part. You guys, yeah, great. And the microphone is coming your way. Hello, good evening. Um, I, I just have a, you know, with meditating and sitting with emotions, I've just have been having a hard time differentiating between being self-aware and feeling self-conscious. And so I know one is rooted in negativity, but then it's like, okay, I know I'm feeling bad. What do I do about it? You know, it's, I don't know. I, and then I've been trying to shorten the 10-minute non or unguided meditations and I just I haven't been I haven't been like awake for them so I'm like oh my gosh and I, I want to be alert but I guess I I guess I'm not really taking enough time to take care of myself and so now I'm back to where I started feeling frustrated and measuring how I'm meditating and comparing all the set all the sessions, thinking, oh, this wasn't as successful as I wanted it to be. So, no, you're you're starting to see a pattern, maybe in your mind. Maybe you just described a pattern. That's nothing more than a pattern. Can you see? Can you like maybe? So, you know, you, you feel like, oh, I'm not doing it right. I'm not doing it well enough. So how many arrows might, might we, you know, so the next thing is I'm just, I'm not, so do you hear what I'm saying? Are you tracking with me? Or are you still so bought up in, in believing you're, you're not doing it right? You know, so here we go. You're trying. I feel like the arrows are so deeply lodged, and I just enjoy. You know? <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's really, really bad because I know I catastrophize everything. Great, and, great. And I just, it's, it, but it's just something that I, I, I've done for many, many. Years. Compelling. It's compelling. It's habit. It's a pattern, right? And you know, um, Kodo used the word um, that it's a. I don't know, it has energy, magnetic energy, emotions. I often talk about um, emotions as their intention is to get you to do something. They're, 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 they, you know, we all know what happens, what we do when we feel sad, right? We lose our energy, we fall forward, we might cry, there's a slumping energy. This is what what we do, right? When we're happy, there's a different thing we do. When we're angry. (laughs) So these emotions have energy in them. They come with, this is why I like the lightning, like there's a lot of energy in them. And so, and now what you're describing too is like, okay, you have a little, it sounds like a little um, spurt of self-criticism or doubt, right? And so you get a little release of that, that 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 emotion 
and then that emotion triggers the same but maybe stronger <laughs> and then you know it just sort of has this perpetual kind of cyclical cycle in it right is this familiar to you guys maybe your words are a little different but I, can you look around you are not alone you are not alone what you are seeing is it's so good you could name it right here and do this right it and the fact that you can see it is is amazing. Now we just need to get disenchanted, right? To to learn how to when that so that energy that emotion comes up, it bumps up the energy, right? It like ugh. Okay, so can we just ride that 60, 90, 120 second emotion out? Okay, okay. And then, you know, watch it fade. The mind's going to want to grab. It's going to want to go and offer another arrow. But can we just learn to... And then enjoy even 15 seconds before the next, you know, like... We're just going to try and stretch it out. Make it less intense. So you tracking me? Am I with you? You with me? We got it? Okay. Everybody else, you, you tracking? This is our work. The work is in not responding, not reacting, not following the compulsion. And that's a lot of work. It gets exhausting. And it's also freedom. It brings us, you know, this... I don't know your name, but you know you did a beautiful job describing how the feeling, which didn't sound so comfortable, started in your chest, and you watched it, and you tracked it, and it shifted, and it moved, and then it went away. And this is this is what we're learning how to do, to let it move through. And the, the those extra arrows, we start to see. Oh, there's another one. Okay, all right. I don't. You know, like we lose interest in them. Don't buy it. It's not a fact. <laughs> and we'll get to thoughts next week. Because <laughs> this, is, this is, you see, we're leading, we go into emotions, and then we're going we're, we're gonna to find the thinking, because it's all connected. But if we can try and see it energetically. Yeah. Yeah, so any clarifying question, comment, anything at all for you? No. <laughs> All right, so I uh, just want to double-check before I start to move into just talking a little bit more about um, emotions and then an, a practice to work with them. I'm going to offer you a practice. Um, but just before I do, any other final little comments or questions? No? Okay. So ordinary awareness, when we're not mindful, um, is you know, the experience of getting carried away in our thinking, carried down the river by our emotions. It's the ship that isn't anchored, right? And so that's, that's the untrained mind, that's the, the mind without mindfulness, without awareness. 
Daniel Goldman is a psychologist and researcher, and he's studied a lot about emotional intelligence and emotions themselves. And uh, here's a little teeny tiny quote from him. He says, self-awareness is a neutral mode, neutral mode, a mode of being. So you were talking about self-consciousness versus self-awareness. So the self-awareness, the mindfulness, is more of a neutral state. It's not for and against, right? It's aware, it's present. That maintains self-reflectiveness, even in the midst of turbulent emotions. Even in the midst of turbulent emotions. So that's what we're wanting to grow, right? And we really do have this innate, it's already happening, it's in you. There's an innate capacity to be aware in this way. It gets covered over by reactivity and our thoughts and our all kinds of things, but it's here, it's right inside of you, each one of you. And, you know, we may want to do spiritual bypassing around emotions. I don't get angry. I'm not jealous. Right? There's a lot of ways that we want to maybe be that better person. But, you know, emotions, we're humans. We're humans, and we're going to have all kinds of emotions. And you can't block the negative without blocking the positive. It's a flow thing. So we got to learn how to be wise with them. We got to learn how to, you know, be that riverbed. And maybe we're not ready to be that big and wide of a riverbed. But maybe we can be a small riverbed for two minutes at a time. To let it move. And then we need to take a break. And then we come back two more minutes of letting it move. Okay, okay. You know, and maybe that's what it's like for a while. But this is how, in bit by bit, this is how we grow our capacity. This is how we do it. Okay, I think I'm going to introduce a practice now. Um, It's called raft. And um, it has several steps to it. It's on your handout. And um, so you don't have to try and, you know, memorize it all. The handouts are on the stage. And they're also online with the talks. And raft is... um, a wonderful word to think about because actually this is in a simile the Buddha taught. Uh, he taught that growing mindfulness is like building a raft and that it carries us from the shore of suffering to the shore of freedom. And, you know, he taught that you build this raft. You have to bring the sticks and the twigs and the, the things together and the rope and tie them together to create and build this raft that carries you while you're kicking and paddling to get from one shore to the other. So this is, this is that work. 
We don't just float. <laughs> we have to work to get to this other place, this other shore. And we're not going to be tying sticks together to build our raft, but we are building, you know, by using our mindfulness practice, our breath, right? All the things that we're learning all become like the sticks that we're kind of holding us up, helping us cross the river. So the first part of building this raft is to recognize the R, R-A-F-T-T in my version, raft with an extra T. Recognizing is absolutely essential. We need to recognize what's going on. Recognize the looping. Recognize, you know, the that we're suffering, the emotion. And it can be really simple. Oh, I'm angry. <laughs> Just like that. Oh, I'm frustrated. Oh, I think I'm stupid. Oh, I guess I'm being self-critical. Right? Just this recognition. A pure, little, simple seeing what's going on. This is the beginning. This is, this is the necessary beginning. The next part of building the mindfulness with what's happening is the A, which is working to allow ourselves to be with what is. So allowing it, allowing ourselves to be with what is means kind of being able to ride that 60, 120 second wave of the emotion without trying to get rid of it or adding to it. We've got to, we've got to work on this capacity of allowing because it's that capacity of being with that allows things to move. When we don't allow, we're trying to block, we're shutting down, right? We're trying to, we're, we're, we're closing something that should be moving. It's different than um, endorsing. Allowing does not mean, you know, I'm agreeing with. Sometimes there's things that are going on that we, if we start to get complicated, um, it's not that we're allowing ourselves to be abused or somebody else to be abused. It's, it's a working with an experience we're having in the present moment. Does that make sense? Okay. F, R-A-F. We're going to the body. We're going to feel it. We're helping ourselves not just get carried into that emotional thought stream that we've been talking about. So we're going to slow it down, and we're going to find it and feel it in our bodies. So you've had some great examples of people describing that finding, feeling, tracking, right? So that's it. It's so simple and not easy, okay? (laughs) And then um, the next part of the raft is to start to when so at some point you may it may be so simple what's going on for you you've been that emotion that 60 seconds 120 seconds it's over it's resolved there may be nothing more for you to do 
But if it's a complicated situation or tends to get re-triggered, the next part is teasing apart. And that's where we start to do, we're going to kind of start to see that thought pattern and say, oh, this is a thought. This is the judgment. Right? And, and so, okay, here's the judgment and here's the feeling. We're, we're teasing apart these things. Oh, and here's a memory. Oh, this is me when I was five and I was still having this issue. <laughs> okay. And so I like this image of having a large dining room table with lots of chairs. So that all the stuff that comes up, I, can, I say, you can sit down here, right here, sweetheart. This feeling, this story, this memory, this belief, this thought, just give them a place. Just invite them to have a seat. And you're creating all this room for these pieces to not be entangled with each other. And the final part of it is uh, T. The second T is T, uh, trusting. So Koto mentioned earlier, you know, it's when we're working with emotions, it's really important to have a sense of trust. A trust in our capacity to be with the emotion, to know the emotion won't kill us, to know the emotions will move through. This finding what we can trust is incredibly important to help us with this letting go and um, finding a sense of groundedness. So let's do a small practice with raft. So find your posture, your meditation posture. And I'm going to invite you to bring something to mind to work with that is connected to emotions, but I highly encourage you to choose something you know you can be with. So not choosing the hardest thing going on. So feeling your breath, taking three maybe longer, slower, deeper breaths. Feeling your feet. Thank you, feet. Thank you, body, right here, right here. Giving your weight, giving your weight to the chair, to the floor. Taking a minute to resource yourself before you bring an emotional event or memory forward. And when you're ready, bring to mind something that you feel you can be with. And so we're using our imagination right now, so you're going to help yourself by bringing forward some story and some images, perhaps, words. Maybe remember what you were feeling And then, when you're ready, just turn toward what you're aware of feeling right now, right here. So you're practicing in the present moment with what you're feeling in the present moment based on a memory, a story. Recognize 
Simple naming. Okay. Whatever emotion you can name right now. Can you just say, okay, this emotion is here right now. I see you and I sense you and then can I allow you to exist with awareness? Can I allow this experience to happen right now? And if there's a sense of yes, find and feel it in your body. If there's a sense of no, I can't allow this, then work with, okay, I can't allow. Not allowing is happening. And can you allow not allowing? Can you allow resistance to be known? And then find and feel a resistance. So taking a moment to scan the whole body. Maybe noticing areas the body feels neutral and fine. And noticing where you're feeling the emotion and maybe noticing pleasant, unpleasant or neutral. And let's time. I'm going to give you uh, 60 seconds to just see if you can ride like a wave. Just ride simply the emotion that's present before we move into the next phase. And now, just noticing what's here now. Maybe opening up around it, creating that sense of spaciousness. Maybe imagining that giant round table. And are there things that you would like to invite to have a seat that are part of this experience that you've been working with. My mother, my boss, my kid, just what's there? Can you kind of recognize and allow each each part, the memory, the story, the belief, the interpretation, the reactivity, It all has its own place. 
That's being generous and curious. Nothing needs to happen right now. Just getting to know what all is present. You know, it's possible to have tea with any one of these visitors. And it's possible that you might need some of them to wait a while before you're ready to sit down with them, and that's okay. So at this point in the meditation, we're going to shift when you're ready so there's enough room for you to finish up what you're doing and, and then connect with what you can trust here. Trusting the Dharma, trusting the fact that you can be with these emotions that you could do as well as you did with this practice, however well that was. Can you trust that giving spaciousness helps? Pausing helps? Breathing helps? Being present helps? Let's take another minute with this space of trust, cultivating it by attending to it. Resting in it. Maybe noticing that you're okay. tend to want to move away quickly from what resources us. I want to invite you to linger here. Three to five conscious breaths, breathing with what we trust. So, raft, recognize, allow, find and feel, tease apart, trust.
So open to any response, any reflection. I'll start by prompting around trust. What did you trust? What could you place your trust in? Anybody willing to share? I guess, Richard, yeah, this is for you. You all sat here, so I know you found something to trust. Um, so I'm doing this practice as part of like therapy, okay. um, yeah, IFS, and so um, it's internal family systems, and so I uh, I trust the lazy part of me. Great. It's a sloth, and so like a cute sloth, and so yeah, we, that's. Um, uh, just wants to sleep and sit all day, and so it's gonna. This is perfect. Great, beautiful. <laughs> so you have that resource right there. Yeah, that, okay, I can yeah. just rest with this. Yeah. I know how to be still. Beautiful. Anybody else? And again, wide open to any comments and questions. This is uh, such richness. There's so much richness in working with our emotions. Yeah, great, Richard. I, it was, there was a lot, it was like a dam that was overflowing with, you know, at first I'm like, okay, I can deal with a disappointment, and then something else took over that was kind of masquerading as what I thought I was going to want to think about, and, uh, and but I trusted myself in knowing that I could, uh, have that awareness to be a small riverbed, Aww. as Koto had mentioned. It was, uh, but it was still something that I had to, you know, sit with. But no, but when you had said after the ninety seconds, because that's how long usually an emotion lasts. I'm like, okay, let me not get carried away with the same story that I tell myself. Mm. But it's, I wish I had you in my head every now and then when I, yeah. whenever I want to loop into that. But I, I know I could tell myself, like... That's right. There's, like, a table of all those negative emotions. And on the other side was, like, faith and family. And, and I'm like, you know, you, you, they could have a seat at the table, but I don't have to keep serving yes. or feeding the one thing that I choose to feed. Yes. Could, you know... Yes. Choice. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, so kind of going off what she said, Joyce, I um, trusted that I could make space um, for this thing that I'm feeling or whatever um, you want to call it. And it's not because you had said, like, you can allow yourself to, like, confront it. I don't, I, you don't use the word confront, but you can, or not. So I was like, I see you, but I'm not going to talk to you. You can have a space here. So it was the same thing as, like, you can sit down, but I'm not going to serve you anything. We're not ready yet. So mm-hmm. anyway, you're not alone. <laughs> Beautiful. It's so, so helpful, 
right? To be able to be wise and to sort of say, okay, I see you here and I know I can't quite dance with you right now, right? It's okay, have a seat. Maybe we'll tangle later. (laughs) Yeah. What else happened for you guys? Great. Hold on, Richard, can you bring him? Great. Hello. So um, I'm, just, I'm just explaining why I went outside. Is, uh, I went into um, a memory that we brought about strong emotion. And usually how I deal with strong emotion is to exercise. So um, I just did some push-ups outside. But typically I'm in like a yoga studio. So when I do push-ups, it's not a disturbance to others. Um, But I was just thinking, I really need to lift weights right now so I can, uh, you know, uh, get back to that kind of, uh, get the endorphins going and all that stuff. So, but yeah, it was a nice um, setting to explore emotion. Beautiful. Um, and uh, it's just strong emotion, so I got it. <laughs> Beautiful. That's so wise. I'm so glad you gave yourself, you know, permission to trust your wisdom, right? To trust what you know works for you. And we all. I really want to commend you and thank you for taking care of yourself and doing that. It's beautiful. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Do you want this? I think I'll just use this one. We've just about come to uh, another close. Breathing, body, emotions. I'd like to just mention a couple of suggested bits of homework for the week. Uh, as we've been saying all along, um, if you meditate between the sessions, it can really help prepare you for the, next, for the next one. If you only meditate while you're here, I can't speak for Tanya. That's fine with me. Just fine with me. And it can really put you in a good place to pick up the next bit of material if you have some uh, practice with what we just did. So we will encourage you to, this time, lengthen your sessions to 25 minutes daily. Um, At least once during the week, see if you get an opportunity to ride out the emotion that Tanya was talking about. 60, 90, 120 seconds. When that emotion comes on, if you feel up for it, take a seat in your chair <laughs> or wherever you're comfortable and just say, just for those 60, 90, 120 seconds, 
I'm not going to get up. I'm just going to stay right here and feel this out. I'm just going to ride it out. And we'll see what happens. As we're working with emotions, important to keep up resourcing. Important to keep our resources full. I'm glad we finished with trust. One of the ways that you can practice this throughout the week is that um, throughout the day, see if you can tune into any just even tiny sense or feeling of well-being or contentment or even like little pleasant emotions throughout the day. You can do quite a lot. When we finished that that, uh, last exercise with three to five conscious breaths with resource, that felt like way longer than I typically spend with a resource, right? Um, So we can dip into it throughout the day. And then, hmm, you can also give some some little bit of attention to um, something something akin to noticing patterns. It's like what kind of emotions draw you into story most easily, and give some attention to that. So simple, simple. Three other things I want to mention. I think we can do it in the last minute. Uh, one is a lot of what we're covering here and much, much more is uh, available in this bound book called The Issue at Hand that's right by the front door. Uh, great essays on on this practice. So that may be... Uh, and it's a resource I go back to over and over for years. Um, also newsletters by the door too. So. Offered freely. Oh, thank you. Always offered freely. Please, please know that. Thanks, Richard. I appreciate the reminder. And just like everything else we do here, everything we offer at IMC is offered freely. And if you feel inspired uh, and want to make a contribution to help support what we do here, uh, there are uh, places you can give little slots by the door. Pretty, they, uh, labels explain pretty well. Or there's a kiosk around the corner. And then if someone's on YouTube? Yeah, you can go to the Insight. You can go to the Insight Meditation Center, all one word, dot org. And there's a PayPal button. And you can donate on the PayPal button right on right on the website. So Great. I feel thank you, Tanya. I feel encouraged. <laughs> thank you all for being here. Thank you for your practice. And I look forward to more, more of this uh, mindfulness practice. Next, next week, we'll move into thinking. See you again. Thank you so much. <laughs>